0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Jams' World. As always, I am your host, Jacob Hams. Today's episode is probably going to be a pretty short one. just going to be talking about a little bit of college football and NFL from this past weekend. Not going to really get into any of the games or anything that went on for the two weeks that there was no episodes. But we'll kick it right off, talking about college football and what was probably hyped up to be the best weekend of college football for the year was kind of a letdown. I mean, you had four major top 25 matchups this week, and really only one of them was even a decent game. So the number one matchup everyone was looking forward to was obviously number one Alabama against number three LSU. Alabama- Goes in to Death Valley, and just shits all over LSU. They win the game 29 to zero, and honestly, at this point, you might as well just call the college football season over with. If Alabama can do that to LSU, I don't. No one stands a chance. Like their offense is way too good, and I mean the weak part of their team was supposed to be their defense this year right and they shut out lSU lSU isn't a bad team like I mean they're not great offensively but scored zero points Alabama is on another level than everybody else in college football it's it's just too much right now and they're gonna win another championship because I don't see anyone else beating them and that's just a simple fact of the matter unless unless Tua gets hurt even if he gets hurt they still have Jalen Hurts as the backup and Jalen Hurts has won a national championship before so it's not like he's that much of a downgrade although he is because Tua is in my opinion he's going to be the highest middle winner because he's been ridiculous this year but Alabama clearly head and shoulders above everybody else in college football Another top ten matchup actually in the SEC, which is surprising. Usually I mean we've seen three teams for the SEC in the top ten, but four is was a uh, it's pretty amazing. And especially with for one of these teams. So it was number six Georgia going against number nine Kentucky. Something I never thought I would say that Kentucky in football is ranked number nine in the country. But They were, and they will no longer be ranked number nine in the country because they got whooped by Georgia. This game is pretty much to decide, I think it's the SEC East, or is it the West? It might be the SEC West. I don't know which one it is. I forget which which side they're on, but it's to decide that half of the sec conference and georgia came out and showed why they were in the national championship last year and why they are gonna go back to the sec championship game this year i mean they're just really good and while kentucky has had quite the season and they shouldn't be disappointed with their season at all but they ran against georgia and Georgia's just just, they're just a better team it's just it's a simple fact of the matter is Georgia overall was a better team than Kentucky was. And I mean, there's just not much to say about it. It's, it was just kind of not really that much of a game at any point. Speaking of a game that was supposed to be much better than it was and was an unbelievable disappointment is number five Michigan against number 14 Penn state Michigan is showing that they deserve to be in the college football playoff because they beat Michigan or they beat Penn state 42 to seven. Come on now. This is at least two top 25 matchups where Michigan has just beaten like it's has has blown out, not just beaten, but has just completely blown out their opponent. One being Wisconsin, and this week against Penn State. And it's just... With Shea Patterson, Michigan is a very dangerous team. I think they should... They deserve to be in the college football playoff this year, because I do think they will beat Ohio State this year. I don't... Ohio State really doesn't look all that good. And... I think Michigan looks very, very good. Their offense has picked it up enough to where their defense can hold. I mean, their defense has always been good since Harbaugh's been there. But their offense has struggled this year. Their offense is performing probably better than expected. And because of that, I expect them to be in the college football playoff. I expect them to be probably... They might be top three in the rankings this week because Notre Dame had a close game against Northwestern, whereas, I mean, Michigan absolutely demolishing another top 15 team, it's very impressive. So I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan jumps Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame does have the head-to-head win over Michigan. I don't think that's... I don't know how important that is because it was the first game of the year where, honestly, the teams aren't really set in the first week of the season for college football. There's a lot of moving things going around during the season. So I think, in my opinion, I would have Michigan ranked over Notre Dame. Now, one game that lived up to the hype this weekend was number 13, West Virginia, against number 17, Texas. West Virginia squeaks out a victory, 42-41, and this is one of the best endings to a game I've seen in a long time. I mean, this—it was just crazy. Like the second half was just back and forth, nonstop. It was amazing, and in the what was sixteen with sixteen seconds left, Will Greer throws just an absolute dime. I mean, there was—if he would have put it anywhere else, it wasn't going to be a touchdown. But he put it in the perfect spot where his guy could go get it without the defender being around him and at the last possible second of that he could catch it without being out of bounds. It was an unbelievably perfect throw from I think like from what I remember it had to be like 40 yards, but that's just me trying to remember from my from watching the game, not actually looking it up. And I believe he was on the run when he was doing it, so it was a crazy throw. And the even crazier decision is instead of just taking the one extra the extra point Trying to go into overtime against Texas. They make the ballsy move to go for two. And then what Texas called a timeout. Um, West Virginia then was about to run a play. They got the snap, or like they snapped it, ran a slant, got it, but the play was called dead before because Texas had called another timeout right before the snap. So Texas kind of knew what they were going to do. And then it just worked out perfectly where West Virginia set up in the same formation, but had Will Greer kind of roll out, just ran in for a two-point conversion and got the win. Well, yeah, Texas fans are probably out there raging that there was holding on that play. I mean, if you were to call it, I could see the holding, but calling it in that situation is kind of... Something the refs typically are not going to do. Now, this is probably going to be the best game of the year. I don't really see a game being better than this. A game that's hyped up because it is a top 25 matchup, and then it actually lives up to that hype because it was an unbelievably good game. Like, I don't see another game... I mean, unless the college football playoffs or the championship game... I mean, those are a little different just because... There's a lot of meaning behind those, but just a regular game. This one was has got to be the best of the year, in my opinion. Now, while the ranked matchups weren't all that great from this weekend for college football, did have a quite a quite a few upsets. Had four teams in the top twenty-five lose this week. You had number twenty-five Virginia losing to Pittsburgh twenty-three to thirteen. You had number eleven Florida losing big to Missouri, thirty eight to seventeen. That is, I mean, that's pretty surprising. I've I've seen a little bit of Missouri play this year, and I didn't. Although that was pretty much against one of the top level competition. So, but I mean, Florida's supposed to be top level. I think they were a little overrated to begin with, being at eleven. A little bit of probably an SEC bias for the BCS rankings, but. I mean, seven... I just... Missouri sh- should not have beaten Florida by this much. Florida doesn't really seem to have much of an offense. Their defense is, is good. And I think that's what kind of got it... Got them a little off guard is Missouri scored 38. Most of the teams aren't scoring 38 against Florida's defense. Missouri's offense is actually pretty good, though. So... You can see why it, the result kind of ended up like this, but also I think Florida was probably a little overrated. I don't think they should have been as high as 11 in the initial rankings, but we'll get past that. You had number 15, Utah, losing to Arizona State, 38-20. to 20. Did I say number 15, Utah? I don't remember if I said the ranking, but... For this one, I'm just not that surprised. I don't really think any of these Pac-12 teams are any good, really. What? Washington State might be the best one left. I think they're still doing pretty well. But, I mean, most of these other Pac-12 teams, they're just not... They aren't very... Like, they're ranked, but they're not that good of teams. They're just not. It's just... I mean, it's a sad fact for that conference. It's just their teams are not very good at football. And, I mean, that's just how it is. Now, another division that has kind of struggled so far this year, which would be the Big Ten West, you've got number 16, Iowa, losing to Purdue. 38-36, to close game, and Iowa and Wisconsin, who were the favorites to win the Big Ten West, are both struggling this year. And Purdue and Northwestern, all of a sudden out of nowhere, are in the lead in the Big Ten West. Purdue has got some major wins this year. I'd be surprised if Purdue isn't ranked come uh, this next weekend because, I mean, what, they've, they beat Ohio State, handily they beat Iowa who was ranked at the time they beat them I would expect Iowa to probably fall out Um, they narrowly lost to I want to say Michigan State who Michigan State has been up and down for this season but Purdue's got a pretty good season going for them and they've got a chance to win the Big Ten West because the rest of the, the top guys in the Big Ten West which is Iowa and Wisconsin are not performing. They just aren't. And it it hurts me as a Wisconsin alum, but they're not gonna I don't see them winning it this year. So it's very likely that Northwestern or Purdue will be facing Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Obviously I'm saying Michigan because I believe Michigan will beat Ohio State. But I'm going to finish. That's going to finish up college football talk. I'm going to go ahead and get into the NFL weekend. I've got how many games here? One, two, I got 11 games to talk about. Won't go in depth for some of them. Some of them I will just cause I watched those games or something of that nature where I know a little bit more about what happened in the game. So first game I want to, talk about is bears just kicking the shit out of the bills 41 to nine bears improved to five and three are currently first in the nfc north whereas the bills dropped to two and seven still somehow not the worst team in the nfl but i mean this is just this was to be expected the bears are a good team while i mean their defense is probably the best in the nfl right now just because the Jags' defense isn't very good. Rams' defense, even though they've got all these big names, really hasn't been all that good this year. So I would say the Bears' defense is probably the best in the NFL right now. And their offense is doing enough. I mean, that's really all you can say. is Their offense hasn't been amazing, but it's been better than it has in the past. And I think it's, it's an average offense right now. It's not anything special but it's good enough to where they can easily beat these shitty teams like the Bills, and they can even be close to good teams like the Patriots or win close games against what what you would consider possibly evenly matched teams. So uh, the Bears are a legit team this year. It pains me to say that, but unfortunately for this year i don't i'm not sure i'll be saying the bears still suck again now moving on to a game that was probably a little bit closer than people thought it would be which is the chiefs winning against the browns 37 to 21 now i would i would have expected this to be a larger deficit 16 points is still a large win but the Chiefs, who are now eight and one, and the Browns, who are two six and one, I would have, I would have expected the Chiefs to kind of bowl them out by a little bit more, but it's very possible the Chiefs kind of let off the gas pedal after getting up by a few scores, not really believing that the Browns could come back and win it, which is very possible. Now the Browns, after firing Hugh Jackson. I don't know if you have to. I don't know if you'd be happy about this as a Browns fan because you did still lose the game, but I mean you were kind of closer than people expected you to be to one of the best teams in the NFL. So I don't know if you take that as a little bit of a a moral victory or not, but I I wouldn't if I were them because I mean their offense isn't untalented. They've got Baker Mayfield. They've got Jarvis. Um. What, Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb had actually a very good game in this one. So, I mean, their offense has got some talent on there. I just think they need to get a real coach, which they don't have yet. And they might get from uh, another team that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. A team that I uh, know very well and a head coach I know very well. But moving on from that one, you got a division matchup. In the AFC East Dolphins winning thirteen to six over the Jets. Dolphins improved to five and four. Jets dropped down to three and six. This game was pretty unexciting. Pro- I mean, the Jets probably would have won this game if Sam Donald had played just decent. Sam Donald did not have a good game. threw three interceptions. I believe he had a pick six, which is pretty much the I mean that's the difference in the game seven points right there so Sam Donald kind of threw the game away for the Jets because both defenses played pretty well and which is kind of to be expected because neither one of those offenses is very good so I I just still don't I don't believe in the Dolphins I just they're five and four yeah they've got a winning record but for whatever reason, I cannot find myself believing in the Dolphins. It's just something I, I can't do. It doesn't. This team doesn't seem like a legit team to me. And I'd be very surprised if at the end of the year they're in the playoffs for the AFC, but also not really because a bunch of the AFC is really, really bad. Now, getting into a division that is extremely tight, in the race going to the nfc north division matchup between the vikings and lions vikings take it 24 to 9 and this game is a little bit closer than the score appears for most of the game the vikings were up by one score the lions were not out of this game for very long i mean it's just the score And I've heard people talk about like, oh man, the Vikings just demolished the Lions. It's like, if you actually watch the game, you know that isn't true because the Lions were in the game for a majority of the time. There was a weird pitch back by Stafford to the running back that got returned for a touchdown by the Vikings defense. But I mean, other than that, the Vikings really weren't that impressive I mean, other than the fact that they've got, what, I think they had 10 or 11 sacks in the game. That was obviously impressive, but I think that's more so on the Lions' offensive line and not so much on the Vikings' defensive line. And, I don't know. The Vikings are 5-3-1. and one. Lions are 3-5. and five. I mean, the Vikings are obviously still have a really good chance of winning the division. They're narrowly back of the Bears just because of the tie, but it's just the Vikings aren't as good as they appear to be, in my opinion. Their defense against this Lions team, who this is the first game for the Lions without Golden Tate, so, I mean, he's their number one weapon on offense. I mean, the Vikings kind of just were able to do whatever they wanted against them on defense and they still only won by 15 points. Like it wasn't it wasn't a crazy blowout game. This was this was a decently close game for a majority of the game and I just don't think the Vikings are have been that impressive this year. So I don't know why people are really jumping on them, but I do still probably think <sighs> I don't know if they're going to win the division. Uh, see, I don't know. Because the Bears, it's hard to say. The Packers, I don't even know what's going on with them. We'll talk about that later. But I would probably put my money on the Vikings to win the division right now. And uh, another team that doesn't really have a, I don't. They're playing pretty well, but probably won't have a chance to win their division is the Falcons. Falcons took on the Redskins. Redskins have been a surprisingly good team this year actually but in this one the falcons take it 38 to 14 julio jones gets his first touchdown of the year and i mean he had to fight and claw for that touchdown it nothing's coming easy for julio jones near the end zone these days which is still just mind block mind boggling to me i don't understand how you are so terrible at using julio jones near the red zone like if you were on the packers look at what Devonte adams is doing julio jones is better than Devonte adams like i don't know how they aren't using him in situations like that where devante has got i don't even know how many touchdowns but it feels like he's gotten a touchdown in almost every game this year so he's probably got like eight touchdowns julio jones has one come on now julio jones is still one of the top three receivers skill-wise in the nfl his production might not be there for touchdowns but i mean receptions and yardage it still is now falcons defense actually was kind of surprisingly good in this one holding the redskins to 14 points is surprising and the redskins defense kind of let them down that's been what's been holding the team up for the Redskins is their defense. their defense their defense has been very good this year but in this one kind of falters against the Falcons offense which is pretty up and down Redskins however still 5 and 3 definitely have a chance at the playoffs still have a chance of winning their division cuz I believe the Eagles might be one game ahead of them or they're tied right now I'm not sure what their record is but the Redskins still have a chance. The Falcons. I don't really think the Falcons have that much of a chance of winning their division. If you look at the rest of the division, the Panthers are six and two, Saints are seven and one. Like the Falcons aren't bad at four and four. It's just the rest of their division is so good that I just don't see them winning it this year. I mean, it's possible that the Falcons get the second wild card, though. I mean, it's it's very possible it happened did it happen last year? Where all three of the teams made it? I think it did. So it's possible it happens again this year. Now speaking of one of those teams and that division, the NFC South, you've got the Panthers against the Buccaneers. Panthers win it forty two to twenty eight. Panthers kinda started off blowing out the Buccaneers. Then the Buccaneers gotta come back with <clears throat> a little bit of fitz magic but it wasn't enough panthers pull away again win the game by 14 points and panthers improved to 6 and 2 buccaneers dropped to 3 and 5 and i just i don't know how to feel about this panthers team because i know it from all the numbers the team's performing pretty well but i just don't think they have it like when they get to the playoffs cuz they will be in the playoffs when they get to the playoffs, I just don't see them winning against, say, the Saints or the Rams. Hell, maybe not even the Vikings or the Bears. Like Those are those are teams they have to beat, and I don't know if they can do it because their defense has not been all that good this year. And I think those teams have offenses that are scary, for the most part, the Bears not so much, but the Bears' defense, I can almost guarantee you can do a pretty good job of shutting down the Panthers' offense. So, if I were the Panthers, I'd be happy with a six and two record, but I'd still be a little concerned because their team just, for whatever reason, to me doesn't really doesn't pass my eye test. I don't, I don't see it with the Panthers, and it it's not just my hatred for Cam Newton because I'll admit Cam Newton's having a good year. He's yeah, I mean. I can admit if a guy's having a good year, but there's just something about the team that, in my opinion, and my viewing of the team just doesn't seem like it's at the same tier as some of those other NFC teams. Now, going into another division that's pretty close, actually not really even that close anymore, what the hell happened? So the Steelers... Beat the Ravens, their hated rivals, twenty-three to sixteen. Steelers improved to five, two and one, and the Ravens dropped to four and five. And I thought I thought the Ravens were doing way better than that this year, but I guess not. And the Steelers, I mean, Steelers just keep rolling, even without Bell. They just keep rolling. Oh, speaking of that, Bell had kind of a little cryptic uh tweet going on saying goodbye, Miami today so it's possible Bell is returning to Pittsburgh this week. I wouldn't expect him to play next weekend, but I would say in a couple of weeks I would expect Bell to be back. I don't I've always kinda of thought he would be back before the deadline of uh the franchise tag simply because he wants he's he'll still get his money then. I mean that's it's a simple thing. He can sit out for that long and then he comes back that week and still gets all of his guaranteed money. Why would he not be doing that? So I think that's what the case is. I don't remember if it was, if it's week 10 or week 11. Because if it's week 10, then it makes sense for him coming back now. Because then he'll get his money. But either way, I from what everyone is reading into it, It kind of seems as if Le'Veon Bell will be back, which I don't know how much that's going to improve the Steelers, really. I think it might cause a little bit more of a problem for the Steelers than they realize because, I mean, you've had players on the Steelers just talking shit about Le'Veon Bell. Like his offensive line has come out and said that they Really don't like him that much anymore. Like he needs to be with the team. Like he, they've come out and said all this, and I mean, if you're Le'Veon Bell walking back into that locker room, I don't know how welcoming it's gonna feel and how it's gonna sit with the rest of that team. So, if Le'Veon Bell is coming back this week, I'd be interested to see how that all gets handled. Now this next game it was a close game I don't really think it was that good of a game but it was the Texans against the Broncos Texans win it 19-17 to and Texans win their 6th straight I think that's what I saw I'm pretty sure I saw Texans have won their 6th straight which means uh, they uh, they did that's right I do remember them starting the year off 0-3 and they've won 6 in a row Whereas the Broncos dropped to 3-6, and six, the exact opposite of them. I'm not surprised that the Broncos lost this one. I don't think the Broncos are that good of a team. Their defense, they traded away some guys in the offseason. I mean, they still got Vaughn, but other than that, they don't really have that stout of a defense. Um, Case Keenum isn't the savior. Surprise, surprise. But the Texans... Winning six games in a row is, yeah, impressive, sure. But I still don't believe in this team. Um, their defense in this game looked good. Jadavion, J.J. Watt played pretty well in this game. Their offense, in my opinion, should be improved with Demaryius Thomas obviously being added to their roster. I mean, that's he's a better wide receiver than Will Fuller it was for sure. I just... People are saying that, um, oh, man, how am I forgetting his name right now? Oh, not Hopkins. Oh, man, who's the quarterback? How am I missing this? How am I blanking on him? Oh, that's bad. All right, well, I'm going to keep moving on. Texas quarterback, not playing all that well. Even though, I mean, obviously not because I can't remember his name. Um, I mean he's improved a little bit from what he was at the beginning of the year but I still don't see it right now I think when the Texans start facing teams like the Steelers Chiefs, Chargers, Patriots those teams in the AFC are definitely better than the Texans I mean if you look at the Texans division their division is a joke like, it's 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 pretty clear why they can win six games in a row. Because if they play, like, Broncos. Broncos aren't that good of a team. Um, I believe they played the Colts. Colts aren't that good of a team. Jaguars. Jaguars aren't that good of a team this year. Um, who else is in their division? Colts, Jags, Texans, and wow, I am blanking on a bunch of stuff today. This is not good. But Texans' division obviously isn't very good. And I just don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs because, like I said, their division is trash. But I just don't see them doing anything once they get there. Now, two teams that have playoff hopes this year faced off in Seattle this week, you got the Chargers against Seattle. Chargers win the game twenty-five to seventeen. Chargers improve to six and two, and the Seahawks drop to four and four. The Chargers being six and two is one of the sneakiest things I think I've ever seen this year. I mean, no one is talking about this Chargers team, and they're six and two. Like absolutely no one. Is talking about this team and they only have two losses on the air it's just it's crazy the Chargers defense is looks to be playing a little bit better and they don't even have Joey Bosa back yet once they get him back their defense should be get even better their offense is pretty scary Rivers is playing pretty well right now Melvin Gordon is a monster I mean he just is like he's just he's he is just throwing guys off of them, and he he looks good he looks like he's recovered from his hamstring injury that he sat out in london for so he, that's good for their offense keenan allen still a stud receiver terrell williams is a good number two i mean their their team is is very good i would be surprised if they don't make the playoffs this year because i think once you get past them Um, once you get past them, Chiefs, Steelers, and Patriots, the rest of the AFC is, doesn't really have much. So I I would be surprised if they don't get the wild card. I mean, hell, they still have a chance at their division because they're only, what, a game behind, uh, no, they're a game and a half behind because the Chiefs have played one more game than them. So they're a game and a half behind the Chiefs right now. They still have a chance at that division, which is crazy considering how well the Chiefs have played so far this year. Now, the Seahawks, the Seahawks are going to struggle because they're not going to win their division because the Rams are eight and one. So the Seahawks aren't going to win their division and it's going to be a struggle for them to make the wild card. Um, it's just a fact of the matter is the Seahawks defense isn't nearly what it was their offense is pretty much boomer bust they either get a massive play or they just dink and dunk everything it's their their offense is pretty atrocious to watch i mean i was watching this game and it was their offense is just disgusting it's not enjoyable to watch at all so i'd be surprised if the if the seahawks were able to make a push and make the playoffs so their season at four and four isn't terrible right now but I could see them finishing like eight and eight exactly at 500 and missing the playoffs now the best game of the weekend for the NFL was by far and away Saints versus Rams Saints take it 45 to 35 to hand the Rams their first loss Saints are now seven and one Rams are eight and one Saints kind of control their own destiny destiny for home field advantage now because of beating the rams so with that the saints i mean they were at home i think if it wasn't la this game might have gone differently because i do think the saints play better at home i mean as do most teams but it's just how the schedule works out so i do think this will be an unbelievable matchup in the playoffs, and I do think the home field advantage is going to matter. So whoever has the better rest of the season, because as of right now, they're pretty much on the same level. I mean, the Rams have played one more game, but other than that, they have the same amount of losses. So at this point, let's just say they're even. So whoever has the rest of the better rest of the season, I think will probably be in the Super Bowl. I think this was an NFC Championship um, preview. I. I'd be surprised if these two teams get beaten before the NFC Championship game. The Saints, their defense looked really, really rough the first couple weeks. It still doesn't look great, but it has improved slightly. It's just their offense is just ridiculous. And it's not even, I mean, obviously they've got Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, even though Mark Ingram pretty much had no impact on yesterday's game at all. But, I mean, it's just... It's other guys on that offense, too. They're just... They're throwing touchdowns to Ben Watson and, like, nobody's on their team. It's just... That's how the Saints work. And that's how they've worked for quite a while now. So it's kind of impressive they've kept it up this long. Now, the Rams, they tried to address their defense in uh, the trade block. Or trade deadline with Dante Fowler, I wasn't, people were like flipping out about it. I wasn't that impressed with that trade. Cause I don't think Dante Fowler is nearly as good as he's hyped up to be just cause he was the number three overall pick like a couple years ago. Doesn't mean he's an automatic stud. Like I think he'll be, he'll, he'll do decent simply because of all the other guys they have on that line. But I don't think he's that good. I don't think that makes their team dramatically better. So, and I mean, you can see that from this game. The Rams gave up 45 points. The Rams defense has really not been very good this year. Their offense has been outstanding, but the Rams defense, which was supposed to be the best part of this team, has not been good. And I mean, you can say that about pretty much all of the NFL that their defenses haven't been good, but for the Rams who have all these big names, they've got to Tlaib, they've got Marcus Peters who Marcus Peters I mean, if you watched the game yesterday, Marcus Peters was getting burned he was getting one-on-one with Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas was making Marcus Peters his bitch, like there was nothing there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it Michael Thomas just destroyed Marcus Peters so I don't know if that's just Meg Thomas is that good or if Marcus Peters was kind of a benefit of the scheme in Kansas City and now that he's getting a little bit more one-on-ones just like trying to lock guys down he's really not that good which is very possible because that happens with guys who play a specific scheme on a team like Kansas City where I think Kansas City plays a little bit more zone Whereas the Rams, at least yesterday, they were playing quite a bit of man-to-man, and Mark Peters could not handle it. So, I mean, if you've got a top-level receiver, which not every team is going to have a Michael Thomas, but for these top-level teams, most of them have a, a top-level receiver, so I think it's something those teams will look at and have a chance of exploiting against the Rams in the near future. Now for the Sunday night game, the game that has officially um, destroyed all of my hopes for a good football season from my teams, both college and professional, because obviously the Badgers aren't doing very well, and the Packers are now three-four and one. So the Patriots have officially killed my hopes, and. Patriots uh, beat the Packers 31-17. Patriots move to 7-2, and two as the, as is usual. And Packers dropped to 3-4-1. and one. Now, I was listening to some radio earlier today, and guys are talking about how you should fire Mike McCarthy right now. Uh, we need to get him out of the building. And how people are blaming Aaron Rodgers and stuff for the loss. I mean, I get both sides, but... You're not going to fire Mac McCarthy now. Whereas, I mean, at the end of the season, I'm all for getting rid of Mac McCarthy. I've been kind of a Mac McCarthy defendant in the past, where of, just like, I, I mean, what else are you going to get? Like, who's going to be better than Mac McCarthy? But at this point, I don't think that's a valid argument. Because I just think you need to get a different voice. I think Mac McCarthy's been there. He just been there too long and things are getting stale with the team i think you need to get a new voice in there that's just that's just sometimes how it works and this is one of those times where i think mike mccarthy he's probably i mean i don't think he's a bad coach i also don't think he's been helped out by the front office all that much previously this year the front office tried to do some stuff in the offseason i mean they got jimmy graham who did have a touchdown yesterday, only his second of the year. A little bit of a letdown. And then you got Muhammad Wilkerson, who went down with an injury. But before then, Muhammad Wilkerson was was playing very well. So, I mean, they made moves in the offseason, something they hadn't done previously. So, there's that. Also with the Packers, I mean, their defense is not the issue anymore right now. The Packers' defense is not a problem. If you were watching those games, the Packers' defense is doing their job. I mean, you've got Tremont Williams playing safety now because the ha has gone. Tremont played pretty well at safety, I would say. I mean, you could argue what the one touchdown to Josh Gordon was a little off, but, I mean, this is his first game playing safety, so I'm not too worried about it. And, I mean, he also made a crazy good tackle to save a touchdown from James White on like the two-yard line, something that if HaHa Clinton Dix was there, he probably would have whiffed on the tackle, where Tremont wraps the guy up around his shoulder pads and just brings him down. I mean, that's that's what you want to see out of a safety kind of safety position. Um, you had a bunch of new guys back there this week, and they played pretty well. Josh Jones is still a question mark for me. I don't feel that good about him. Kentrell Bryce, I'm not a huge fan of. Jermaine Whitehead got tossed from the game, which I don't think was that big of a deal because, in my opinion, he sucks. He's not, I don't think he's a good player. But Jair Alexander has been outstanding this year. Um, Josh Jackson is, Josh Jackson is, he's just good. Like, he's good at making break, uh, breaking on the ball, getting there at the perfect time to, to, knock it out of the guy's hands Josh Jackson is very good so the future is bright for the secondary if Kevin King can stay healthy for sure it's definitely bright but other than that the main thing is just the Packers don't get any pressure on the quarterback they don't Clay Matthews just runs around gets hit and falls under to the ground all the time Nick Perry is getting paid way too much goddamn money for what he does he doesn't do jack shit anymore um, Reggie Gilbert supposed to be the new guy that's supposed to come in and rush and in my opinion they just need to use him more he's not out there enough to make a real impact Mike Daniels is still playing well Kenny Clark still playing well so the defense isn't the issue in my opinion the issue with the Packers right now is the offense the offense when they get down in the red zone they, they're not successful I don't know what the hell is going on But there's something wrong with the team. Now, yeah, you can say it's Rodgers' injury, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Geronimo was hurt. Cobb was hurt. Yeah, that's fair arguments to make against it. But there's also just the fact of watching these games and the offense just doesn't look on point. I don't know what it is, if it's the play calling, if it's Rodgers audibling out of certain things if it's, I mean, they're not really trying to focus on the running game, I mean, but if they're trying to do that more, it's just there's something missing in the Packers offense from what it has been previously, and it's not Devontae Adams, I can tell you that much, he is playing extremely well this year, Rodgers, I wouldn't say is bad, he's definitely not his usual self, and that's very likely due to the knee injury. I mean, I don't think you can dismiss that, but he just hasn't been up to his normal level. And it's something we need to get back to because there's still a chance of the playoffs. Potentially, I probably, I wouldn't put my money on it, but there is a chance that the Packers can make the playoffs. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and end today's episode. As always, you can go ahead and rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. The podcast is now on Spotify. So if you don't have iTunes, if you listen on Android or anything, or if you have an Android phone, you can go ahead and listen to it on Spotify, something just new. I think it just got on Spotify on Monday. So that's big. And just remember, everybody, this is James's World. You're just living in it.